Hi, this is Charlie O'Shields, and welcome back to Sketching Stuff. I write and sketch with watercolor each and every day on doodlewash.com, collecting bits of life and stories that pop into my head along the way. In this podcast, I retell some of the favorite stories that have appeared, loosely grouped together by a theme. Today's episode is all about another art form that is near and dear to my heart, music. Music has an incredible way of stirring emotion and bringing back all sorts of memories. These are some of mine that I hope in the end will also inspire lovely memories of your own. So join me now as we embark on a musical journey together and experience some of those wonderful stories that happen when the music plays. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Every kind of music for every kind of taste. My favorite song. Choosing a favorite song is an impossible task to be sure. So much depends on your mood and the particular time period that you're living through at the moment. I jumped back to the 70s for today's Doodle Wash and depicted the origin of my love of music itself. Cassette tapes were still considered experimental and the sound quality had just caught up with 8-track tapes. Those were those large, cumbersome things that my dad was quite proud to have in his car when I was little. When we got a new car with a cassette player, my mother asked me what I thought of it and I told her that I hated it. She asked me why and I simply said, no more Ray Charles. His soulful melodies in my little mind only came on that giant 8-track and the second I spied that new tiny slot in the dashboard, I knew that things had changed for the worse. But thankfully, we still had records that I could listen to and that was a lovely thing indeed. The record players were often made with handles as though they were actually portable, when in reality they never left the room they were first plunked down in. They weighed a ton so it was easier to just enjoy the music wherever it landed. When you're a kid, you don't usually get to choose the music that gets played in the house, so you adapt to the taste of your parents. In my case, and in the case of the early 70s in general, folk music and singer-songwriter hits were all the rage. I used to love listening to their beloved 60s music as Peter, Paul, and Mary sung Puff the Magic Dragon. Beyond just listening to songs, I loved to sing along with them. I've no idea if I was any good back then, but I would end up singing professionally years later, so the early practice must have helped. Songs had a way of speaking directly to my heart, and over the years, there would be new favorite songs depending on my mood. When I reached high school, the cassette tape had taken over completely, and the fact that you could record your own tracks was also amazing. Getting a mixtape from a friend, or even better, a love interest, was the most incredible thing in the world. It was like getting a love note of recorded poetry, even though the songs were all written by other people. It was the choices of the tracks themselves that made it special. Fast forward to now, and it's not surprising that watercolor holds the same affection for me. Its unruly yet rhythmic movements express surprising emotions that still seem inevitable once they appear, like the turning point of any great story. I don't sing much anymore, save those odd times when I find myself driving alone in the car and hoping the people around me think that there's actually music playing. But each day, I sit down for a brief little moment and enjoy the melody of watercolor. I've literally no clue what I'll choose to paint each day, and even less clue as to what will appear on the paper. 
This for me is why it's so much fun. I've never been a fan of knowing exactly what would happen next. I prefer to live life with a healthy appetite for surprise. Sure, I have a thousand dreams and I know I can't actually force them to happen. I can instead make space in my life for the art of the possible to occur. Good things will always happen when the time is right. Until then, I just keep moving forward and enjoying the moments that come my way. Each one, no matter how simple, becomes another note in the melody of life. In those beautiful moments, when they occur, I can say without a doubt, that's my favorite song. violin. Back in school, my first introduction to harmony came by playing my very first instrument, which was a violin. I was in fourth grade at the time and chose the violin mainly because I didn't want to wait a year before they'd let me play a wind instrument. I'm not sure why this was the case, other than that playing a stringed instrument like this is rather difficult and perhaps they wanted us to get a head start. The downside to this, of course, is that moms had to endure noises that sounded less like music and more like stretching a cat in half. Early sounds on the violin are harsh and loathsome noises. What eventually turns into something akin to music with a bit more practice first begins with raking a horsehair bow across strings making horrible squeaks and shrill squawks. When all of us would come together and play in those first years, it was anything but harmonious. We received applause and accolades from teachers and parents after the performance, but I still remember looking out and seeing everyone wincing as those suffering from severe stomach pain. Bless them for their lies, as I was perfectly willing to see myself as amazing and continued to practice and play throughout high school. Eventually, the squawks turned into something more lovely, and I was finally making music. I played in the high school orchestra and it was a thrill to hear all of those sounds from various instruments come together to create the most intricate and beautiful harmonies. I never practiced as much as I should have back then, but still managed. There were other things catching my interest by that time, so I would steal a few minutes each day to play a bit. Though others around me were far better, each and every day I still improved. I challenged my way to one of the front chairs in my final year just before our group got to play at Carnegie Hall in New York. It was a triumphant experience to play on that historic stage and I still remember the sound as it echoed and reverberated in scientific precision. After high school, I put down the violin and only managed to pick it up a couple more times later. It was eventually sold to get some extra money so I could continue to struggle through college. I'm not sure if I would have continued to play had I been one of the richer kids, but I was sad to see it disappear from my life. Sometimes choices are simply made for us. Once I had enough money to afford another violin, I'd already moved on to other dreams and schemes. Each time I see one, though, I'm taken back to those moments and I can still hear those vibrating harmonies like it was yesterday. Music that will always be trapped in my memories and soul. That's the wonderful thing about creating music and art. Years later, no matter which way our life chooses to turn, the urge will always be there, whether it's longing to paint again 
or remembering back to a wonderful time long gone when I was enthralled with musical dreams while happily playing the violin. That time I played guitar. There was a time way back when that I played guitar for a very brief period. As a child of the 70s, I was in love with the singer-songwriters of the time, amazingly talented people who could simply grab a guitar and write something catchy and incredible that moved my heart. Though I always wanted to play the guitar like they did, this wasn't an instrument taught in my school, so I ended up playing the violin instead. Don't get me wrong, I loved it, but a part of me still longed to strum a guitar and write songs. You can't really sing along while playing a violin. It wasn't until high school that the urge grew too much for me and I decided to try guitar. My dad bought me a mail order one, which was delivered when we weren't home and the postman strangely thought the best place to conceal it was under the car in the driveway. Luckily, we found it before someone backed over it and I soon began lessons. It was all a dream come true, until months later, a car accident would change everything. My guitar instructor was wonderful and introduced me to classical guitar music. This meant strumming with all fingers rather than using a guitar pick. I adored it and practiced like crazy, quickly becoming rather good, strumming my way through all kinds of wonderful music. Soon after, I began my last year of high school, excited to serenade my friends. But by the time the holiday season arrived, I was equally busy with lots of various holiday parties. I was president or vice president of several clubs, and at the end of the year, that meant hopping to various gatherings. It was driving home from the very last gathering, perhaps overly exhausted, that everything changed. I don't quite remember what happened, but I think I may have nodded off briefly, and suddenly there was a horrible sound of crushing metal and a fierce impact. I stumbled out of my crumpled car, still wearing a silly Christmas tie that played music. I don't have many memories of what happened next. The clearest memory after that was waking up in a hospital bed with two fractured hips, and also a faint feeling of thinking how creepy it must have been for whoever found me to see a stumbling boy mumbling help me to a slow, tinny electronic rendition of Jingle Bells. My head was bandaged when I awoke, and my ear had been partially severed in the crash as well. It was restored without any visible scarring, though I still like to think of it as my Van Gogh moment. Soon, a giant bag of letters and cards arrived. Apparently, news travels fast, and when it travels through the grapevine, people often get things wrong. Many thought I was dead, but I still appreciate their kind thoughts and well wishes. Not many people have a chance to hear what someone might say after they're gone. But other than hobbling around on crutches for a few weeks, I was miraculously alive. One injury, however, was small yet devastating. The index finger of my right hand was broken in several places. It healed only to a point with limited movement. I could still hold a violin bow, but I now lacked the coordination required to strum my beloved guitar. I was crushed and lost at first, but soon discovered that I could still hold a pencil to write and draw. Especially easy as it turns out, since my finger seems to be slightly locked in that position. 
Life doesn't always work out like we hope, but if we continue to have hope, it always delivers something wonderful. And though I may never be that singer-songwriter of my dreams, I don't have any regrets. Just a fond and lasting memory of that time I played guitar. and dirty dancing. If you happen to see the artwork for this episode, you'll notice an overly delighted bear staring at a pear and probably wondering why on earth that exists among all the musical instruments. Well, one month I let people vote on what they wanted me to draw next, and um, the vote came up absolutely even between polar bear and pears, so that's what we ended up with. What I wrote about was something else entirely, which by this point should surprise no one at all. When Philippe and I were in Trader Joe's one year around the holidays, I saw that they had Harry and David pears. I used to love these at this time of year, but the store we had here closed, and I don't like the lack of immediate gratification that comes when ordering fruit online. He balked at the price, which was more than twice as much as a full bag and only had five pears. I insisted they were worth it, but after trying them, he only resigned to say they were better, but not that much better to justify the cost. They were totally worth it. Later that night, we went to go see the first show in our Broadway Across America season tickets. We like getting season tickets because it gets us to shows we would never see otherwise. This show was no exception as it was Dirty Dancing, yep, the movie, only live. Or as the program proclaimed, the classic story on stage. As I overheard the woman behind me say as she shifted uncomfortably in her seat, Ugh, stop with the dialogue. Just give us the music and dancing. Dirty Dancing provided the soundtrack of my high school years with ridiculously fun music. But the movie was not cinema storytelling at its finest. We didn't take it seriously back then, and it was more of a beloved joke we liked to tell, like Valentine's Day. We didn't watch it for the story, it was all about the music and the dancing. This stage show was bizarre in that they worked hard to cast people who looked like the stars of the movie. The actor playing the male lead sort of looked and sounded exactly like Patrick Swayze, and the girl playing Baby, the female lead, was touted as a newcomer because she was obviously only cast for her frizzy hair and large nose. With a mix of video backdrops and a limited set, they faithfully attempted to recreate all of the movie's iconic scenes. Occasionally, one of the chorus people would break into song and sing a piece from the film's soundtrack. In a word, it was bizarre. Interestingly, Philippe had never seen the movie, so he was left to decipher the classic story without the benefit of the original. His verdict was that it was sort of interesting and he liked the leggy blonde girl because she looked like an approved version of Lady Gaga. But like the movie, the stage show sort of kept you watching and wondering what might happen next, all without the extra bother of being remotely invested in any of the characters. Though I wouldn't say we had the time of our lives, it was certainly something interesting to do for the evening. Not something I'd probably see again, but if you like the movie, have absolutely nothing else to do with your evening, and are given free tickets, then I highly recommend it. 
lost in a song. There's nothing more wonderful than listening to great music. Everyone has their own taste, to be sure, but one thing is certain, there's really nothing better than hearing a favorite song. Or at least my favorite song these days, as my tastes tend to change quite a lot. When I was young, I listened to the radio while driving and still remember the thrill when a favorite song began to play. Or I'd play a CD and keep hitting the same track over and over again until I had it memorized properly. Not just the words, but every beat of emotion in it. There would be songs that I played when I was happy and energized that fit that mood and filled me with additional electricity. But I also love sad songs that comforted me, not by telling me life was fine, but confirming it sucks in precisely the same way I was currently imagining it did. A song knows better than to try to cheer you up when you're perfectly ready to wallow in a bit of sadness, and yet still manages to make you happy about everything in the end. Though I listened to a lot of pop songs when I was young, I also listened to a lot of songs from musicals. I had dreams of being on stage in a show, which later came true. During this period in my life, I knew all of the popular Broadway songs and would belt them out in my car as I was driving down the road. This would receive looks from other drivers when I'd approach a stoplight at full belt and realize my window was open. Once I was at the very end of the song before I realized this and the woman in the car next to me applauded, so I guess I did it well. Of course it was more likely in jest, but actors rarely notice or care about that. Applause is applause, after all. On a whim once, I took a trip to Las Vegas to audition for a cruise ship. I could barely afford the flight and thankfully got a deal in a free room from a friend who was a flight attendant. I don't really remember the audition, but I apparently wasn't what they were looking for as I didn't make the cut. It was what happened after that I remembered most. The audition was at one of those casinos that isn't on the main strip, so I had to take a cab to get there. I was so set on doing that part that I didn't realize I had no cash to get home until after it was over. As I was leaving, I flagged down an Elvis impersonator, the friendliest looking one of the three that were there, and asked for a ride back to my hotel. He obliged and I was immediately thankful. That was until I realized that he couldn't break character. The entire trip back, he continued to pretend to actually be Elvis the fatter, older one, for those more visual. It was a short trip that seemed to take an eternity, but I was thankfully dropped off at my hotel and not taken to a creepy tour bus in the desert. As I was getting out of the car, Elvis said to me, Ambition is a dream with a V8 engine. Do something worth remembering. I simply nodded, thanked him, and rushed back into my hotel. Later in the room, though, I thought about the adventure I had blindly embarked upon and realized it wasn't really what I wanted after all. Those were fun days, to be sure, but sometimes I would simply find myself becoming lost in a song. When the music plays. Now, here's a theme that never grows cold. Always dear to young and old. The sweetest story ever told. Once I sketched a quick little two-color doodle wash of a trumpet. 
I'm not entirely sure why, as I've never played a brass instrument, but I simply felt like painting something shiny in a limited palette. Though I never played this instrument, I did play violin in the school orchestra and piano for a few years before getting frustrated that I wasn't getting any better. My real love back in the 80s and early 90s, however, was performing on stage in musicals. Besides the singing and dancing that's involved in these shows, which is super fun, I really just love the ridiculous concept of people suddenly breaking out into song. A simple conversation would suddenly get an orchestral accompaniment and soon the characters involved would switch to singing into each other's faces. It's perfectly ludicrous, and so I loved it. I've often thought that the world would be a bit happier place if outbursts of spontaneous singing were to happen in real life. Songs are a wonderful way to communicate deep emotions. Like those songs I used to listen to in high school after going through a bad breakup with someone I can barely now remember. I'd lock myself in my room and play whatever top hit seemed most relevant to my tragedy over and over again. Each time the song played, it felt more appropriate to my situation, though I'm sure in reality it was written to express something entirely different. In the end, though there may have been tears, I would always come back stronger and more resilient. There was always a greater sense of hope. Music has a way of sailing straight to the heart of the matter, and songs can use very little words to express entire stories. I can imagine having an argument with someone and suddenly singing passionately about the matter at hand. A duet ensues, and though it begins with all the conflict in the world, it ends with a lovely duet about not what divides us, but what makes us the same. Whether it's a quiet interlude that begins on a piano or the opening fanfare of a trumpet, the melody would lead to the important conversations. At least that's the way I imagine it. There's so much conflict in the world today that trying to find notes of harmony often seems impossible. Too much dissonance and discontent. But it's incredible to imagine how beautiful the world would be if nothing was so complicated that it couldn't be sorted out in a song. It's a nice thought anyway, even if the world seems quite far from ever being able to sing the same tune. The improbable fascinates me, so I'll just go right ahead and imagine everyone enjoying the same dance, each step in perfect unison, spinning in a wonderful symmetry that follows each beat and respects every rhythm. A dream filled with those beautiful heartfelt emotions that remove all hate, as we can't help but sway together in that impulsive way that only happens when the music plays. so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 